Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and the question today is this. Does everyone go through a transition midway through their careers? I know the answer to that one. So my guests, Ravi Rajkumar and Perry Gladstone, join us today to help figure out where your mojo went and how do you get it back, and you can, by the way. So Ravi is a hero maker, and he loves bikes. His life's work is to work with individuals and organizations to create their MOG, which is moment of glory, and their lasting legacy. He is a recognized leader in the brand strategy, experiential event, content, athlete, and product marketing space. He has produced award-winning sports marketing events and broadcasts on six continents for nearly every major action and adventure sport. From Red Bull's live broadcast properties to the X Games and both the Summer and Winter Olympics, his experience has helped lead some of the world's best brands to deeper engagement with their audience and their clients, including Red Bull, which we mentioned, IOC slash USOC, VMC Software, Polaris, Specialized, CAA, USA Cycling, there's just too many to list here, honestly. And Perry Gladstone has a unique ability to see and articulate our greatest opportunities for success. With a boatload of experience and success across multiple industries, he has guided business leaders, rock stars, innovators, and disruptors, international aid, and developing countries around the world. And before advising, formalizing rather, his advising career, Perry founded 10 influential companies in the action sports, entertainment, and media industries. He is the author of the critically acclaimed Fast and Hot, How to Open Hearts, Win Minds, and Create a Better Life in Business. And he's a co-founder of the Somos Foundation in Costa Rica. Ravi Perry, welcome to your partner in Success Radio. It's really good to have you here. Thank you, Denise. Pretty excited to be doing this with you. The first voice you, you heard yeah, audience really, really was Robbie, yeah, and then, and then Perry. So we, I have to tell you all, we have struggled to get to this point. We hit more than one roadblock, and neither, neither of us, all three of us, were not willing to give up because it's an important conversation we're about to have. I'm so glad that you guys are here. So who wants to go first? I'll put you on the wow. spot. Uh, <laughs> I know, sorry. How, how about I jump in? It's Perry. Okay. Um, well, yeah, Denise, as you say, you know, we did have a few uh, obstacles to making this conversation happen. Just the three of us have a lot of commitments and a lot on our plate. But uh, as you say, it's important. Everybody goes through transition. And not only does it happen in terms of career, but what Ravi and I have discovered is that there's really a development cycle that we go through, that everybody goes through, where it's actually part of our nature to need to reinvent ourselves. And the natural cycle, sorry, if you will, is usually seven to 10 years. And if you look back at your life, it becomes pretty clear. I mean, it's always easy to see retroactively, right? Um, When we do go through this process, and the process is very specific. It starts with a certain amount of discomfort. Things don't really feel right. You know, you're not sure about it. Doubt seems to increase in a number of different areas in your life. And slowly that doubt becomes discomfort and slowly that discomfort becomes untenable. And that is, you know, this natural cycle where it's time to shift. It's time to adjust your beliefs and some of the systems that you've been buying into. And it's part of being human. Um, But because we're so entrenched, because we have so many commitments, whether that's family or mortgage or or work and, you know, and and the kind of work that you're doing, it's hard to 
it's hard to accept the fact that this thing is going on. And so we kind of avoid it or we ignore it or we pretend it's not happening. But eventually we have to come to terms with the fact that when we grow and evolve, and as human beings, we do that naturally, we have to sort of reevaluate and think, what do I believe now? And how am I going to create the world around me to support that? And that's very much why we do the work that we do. But I just wanted to give it some context. So, you know, there's the, the classic, right, the, the midlife crisis that we all talk about, but it happens several times during our life. You know, we're talking a lot about this in the world now, how we, we do change mm-hmm. and we do grow and we're looking for different things and our passions do change, our interests definitely change. And I always go back to my grandparents who basically stayed in the same thing their entire lives and then retired and basically died because they were bored stupid. (laughs) I mean, think think about that. That's the way it used to be not that many decades ago. I mean, you got the, you retired from the railroad, let's say, and you know, you got your little watch and then, then what did you do? You had developed nothing Mm -hmm. else. I'm guessing during all of those years, hadn't been given permission, didn't know you could and just stayed where you were, which to me, I mean, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. It is so antithetical to everything I believe, but people did it. Mm-hmm. How horrible. Right, and I think, but, but there, is, there is a good part of it, and the good part of it is, and this is where we get caught a lot, is the difference between tradition and what's healthy, <laughs> right? Tradition carries so much value in terms of giving us understanding of how things used to work, giving us, um, you know, understanding of what our culture is. And, you know, whether we're talking about um, a belief system or we're talking about uh, the way things are actually done, you know, physically by hand, there's a reason why we pass on our skills and our our culture and our oral traditions so all of that plays a really important role but the tricky part is that a lot of people get stuck with the idea that tradition means you always have to do it the same and it's not true you can improve on things and you know we we do as human beings we're constantly improving on things and that's why we have all the beautiful things that we have to play with and and do and learn and that's how people progress so you have to sort of mitigate or manage that idea between where's the value in the tradition and the culture and the knowledge and then how do you allow yourself to grow and develop that further beautifully said i mean i seriously look back at what my grandparents how they lived and i just go blah i mean it really bothers Mm. me apparently it didn't bother them they didn't know any different and they may have had skills that i simply didn't know about but just the idea of sticking in one thing all of my life is I can't do it. I won't do it. Yeah. Well, you're an innovator, right? And I mean, yes. Ravi and I spend our whole lives working with innovators. So, so we get it. But I mean, I give Ravi a chance to, to talk here because he knows this better than I do. No, thank, thanks for, I think Denise, one thing that we've, we've been talking about in this conversation and it's really been highlighted in, in the pandemic, right? This, this period of time over the last 16 months, people, more and more folks have had the opportunity to take a really good, hard look at what's important to them. And many are using this period of time that we're in to make that transition as well. It's really accelerating that transition. So we're seeing it play out in real time even more than we normally do. And that makes sense. I mean, and I think I've shared this with you in some of our previous conversations, but when this first started, the word was pivot, which I can't stand. It is not my favorite word. Adapt is a much better word for me. And I'm, and I'm like you. I'm watching people saying, you know what? I've been wanting to do something different. This is a time for me to share my wisdom, my tools, whatever it is. And there's a lot of new companies and new ideas coming basically out of the, the ether that are fascinating to me so I I understand what you're saying so I want want to chime in here again because this this to me is the perfect segue Denise we had the the incredible opportunity to get to know you a little bit before today's call and you know we had a very um, intimate conversation about you know how we go through the world how you do things a specific way how I do things a specific way and Ravi does as well and the point I want to make here is that with this opportunity that's been given to us, and yes, the pandemic is horrible, and I don't mean to make light of it in any way, um, but as Ravi, as you just said, it challenged us and kind of created a, the conditions for 
having that space and time for a little more introspection and really questioning, you know, is this working for me? And is this the time? This is a time that I, that I can make some changes. When you know how you go through the world, when you've done the work to really understand why you excel the way you do, you know, Denise, you have this uncanny ability to, um, to try things out, you know, and experiment and allow yourself to take a certain amount of risk to see where the best opportunities are. So that's one of the ways that, you know, that, that you do things very specifically in a way that works for you. But when you built, and then, you know, referring to, to what you're doing now, right, you've, you've built a, a whole career for yourself that allows you to do things the way you do best. And this is the work that we're up to, but this is what, you know, we want to see the whole world change. When people go through that transition, we want to see them reorient or rebuild around their greatest skill sets, their greatest opportunities. We want to make sure that they really understand how they do what they do so that when they do make change, they make change that's going to bring about the best possible opportunity. And just so the audience knows, and if you've listened to me for any time at all, you already know this anyway, I built a business and then my podcast because I'm a highly committed introvert, and I mean highly committed. I'm not sure I even need to own a car anymore. I get my groceries delivered. I bought my house online. I bought my car online. I'm not shy. I'm mm-hmm. not even close to it, but I need to be alone 98% of the time, and I had to build a business around that need. So exactly. that's what he's referencing. But, yeah, and thank you for being more specific. See, it's so interesting because you, you – um, identify as an introvert you you're sharing this this really important information about yourself and yet you take risk right and a lot of people would normally think oh an introvert doesn't take risk well you're the perfect example of someone who actually is a risk taker i take a lot of risk a lot but sometimes i scare myself i do yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and so this is what we're talking about is is to to get to a place like you are where you get to honor all of the conditions that are important to you, like, you know, making sure you have your own space and, and, um, you know, it, it's a form of, of, of protection really. But at the end of the day, you need a certain kind of environment to feel comfortable. And yet, even within that environment, you can still take risk. And so understanding this way about yourself allows you to create incredible opportunity. And that's, that's the point. Okay. So, we're talking about this, and you and I, and just just so people know how you got this information from me, tell people what we did because I went through a, a testing process with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll, I'll explain that. Um, Ravi and I run a global network of high achievers. It's called the Moonshot Collective. We we call it TMC for short, and this is a place where we handpick. Uh, people to join and support each other in doing their best work in the world. But before we get to that, and, and Ravi, I think it'd be great if you could explain that. But before we get to that place, we do a very deep dive, uh, and this is what Denise, you and I were, did together earlier, to understand what it is that you do best in the world and exactly how and why you do it that way. So it starts with um, a, a kind of a test. I'm, I'm hesitant to call it that because it's not a score that you do well or, or poorly at. It's just the way things work uh, for you. So this helps us understand. We, we ask you to take this little index to help us understand what is intuitive for you. What do you respond to naturally? And what, excuse me, what do you resist naturally? And rather than think about it as good or bad, it's like, oh, okay, this is the way you're going to actively respond intuitively, instinctively. It's going to be really easy for you to engage this way. Another way is going to be more resistant. And then we start to shape everything around that so that it works for you. So we start with this little, um, well, it's the Colby A index. So that's the tool we use, which is fantastic. And then from there, we map out what we call your engagement process. So again, the way that you do things the very best. And when we have a clear understanding of how that works and, and are able to articulate it and explain it to each other, that's when we start transitioning. That's when we, we do that initial work, and then we are able to get into the peer mentorship, the mastermind groups. Uh, Ravi, do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Barry. So, uh, Denise, you mentioned we, we call it the, the TMC, the Moonshot Collective, and it's really where innovators like yourself come together and do this great work. 
it's a space where we have a series of um, one-on-one conversations, mastermind groups, retreats. It's really a safe space where great people that want to innovate get to do great work and have space to, um, you know, challenge and support each other in this journey that, that we're in. And, and we've had real good success with it, and we're always looking for the right folks to add to, to our team. Now, Ravi, you mentioned Mastermind, and I'm fascinated with the whole Mastermind concept. I learned it from Napoleon Hill, who didn't. So let's talk a bit about that, why Masterminds are so very important and why you shouldn't try to go it alone. Listen, as an introvert, the first two or three years of my brand-new career, which I started in 2000, 2001, I did it all by myself. Not smart. I'm just going to leave that right there. It wasn't the smartest thing I ever did. It was very difficult. Yeah, Denise, uh, uh, one phrase I like to use a lot is leadership is lonely, right? So (laughs) having the best people at what they do in the world and being able to cross cross industry, cross function, and be able to be together and discuss these things in a – closed door, intimate setting, but there's also some accountability to each other. It really is so powerful. So, you know, we, we've been running our masterminds for TMC for a number of years, and perry has got years and years of experience, and that's how we met actually, working together in a mastermind. So we're all in on the concept. It's an amazing concept, and I, but I'm always looking for one that suits me, and that's not easy, I have to tell you. There's a lot no, of them out there, and a lot of them are like, I'm, what the heck are you got? You're just throwing stuff out there. What's going on here? You know, Denise, this is so common, right? And it's like anything. There's, you know, especially in the business world, like there's a new book, and it's a new concept, and it's the buzzword. And, you know, mastermind is a very powerful concept as we're talking about. But, sure, there's lots of people that want to exploit this idea. And, you know, you can – you can find them everywhere and pay a monthly fee and you can join anything. But we're, I mean, we, we curate these groups very carefully. We don't even invite people to the mastermind until they've already done that deep dive that we talked about, about understanding your unique engagement process and exactly the way you go through the world. So, I mean, we're vetting pretty, pretty carefully for, for TMC. Um, but the point I really want to make here. And, and based on what you were saying earlier, and I think this is really critical, is, and as Ravi says, leadership is lonely. The more successful you get, almost always the more isolated you become. And the reason, there's a couple of key reasons for this. And if, you know, the people who are listening that have been successful, especially, the, you know, the entrepreneurs are going to really understand this. Yeah, because you have to do everything yourself at the beginning, because no one else has the kind of passion or vision that you have for for your idea. And it's hard to get people to see it at the beginning because they don't, they don't have that dream. And so you do end up alone and you do end up doing everything and you do burn yourself out. And it becomes very difficult as you, especially as you become more successful, it becomes more and more difficult to ask for help at the beginning. It's hard because not everybody sees the big picture later. It's because it's not safe to do so. You don't want to give away the farm. You, you know, you're not sure what parts of it are okay to, to explain and, and other. And the other thing that happened, you know, and this is what happened to me because I started really early like you, Denise, is when you're young, there's mentors around because you're competing with or you're in the room with other people that have done it before. And so the mentors are kind of available. But as you, and I, I kind of loathe to say it this way, but as you become sort of the smartest person in the room, you've been there, you've done that, and you don't need that kind of guidance anymore, those people tend to disappear. And it becomes harder and harder to ask for help. And when you're in a position of of strength and power, then it's hard to ask for help because everybody around you wants to tell you what you want to hear. Or, you know, in the case I have a client that's, you know, CEO of a very successful large public company, everything he says makes the stock price go up and down. So where are you going to have a safe place to think out loud? So, all of those are different reasons why the more successful you get, um, the higher level of leadership you get to, it becomes more lonely, you become more isolated. And that's where the mastermind really becomes invaluable. Because as Ravi was saying a few minutes ago, you have this safe place to ask for help. You have other people who are at your level or higher who have experience that you don't have. And everybody in that group is committed to confidentiality and to each other's success. So that's the formula, and that's why it's so powerful. 
And that sounds perfect. Listen, when I started, I got my computer science degree in 2001. Nobody cares about that. I do because I had to pay for it. And I was the only female in the graduating class. Yay me. But I started roughly 20 years ago. And listen, this was almost pre before pre-internet. We didn't have GUI, graphical user interface. We didn't have WordPress. We didn't have social media. We didn't have anybody. I didn't have anybody who could teach me anything because they just weren't there. And if they were, I didn't know how to reach them. So I had to, for the first several years, get out there and just pound my keyboard, do what I knew I had to do, following my own instinct with no help at all. But it yeah. made me tougher. It made me very, very tough about what I was willing to do, what I was willing not to do, and who I was going to have around me. So I'm grateful for that, actually. But now, masterminds. I need a good mastermind. No question. I need probably a couple of them. We all do, and that's just my thinking, but I think we all need a good mastermind, somebody who can help us. I, I love what you just said a minute ago about having to tough through it because you know what oh, yeah. it does help you with, aside from you know teaching you skills and, and the, you know making sure you've got the persistence to be successful. So that's part of the formula too. Um, but it helps you establish those boundaries because now that you, you know, you had to do the hard work, you also were able to develop an understanding of how far you will go for something. So I think those are fundamental learnings that are that are essential. Um, but in terms of of the mastermind, you know, the other thing to consider is, and, and this is what Napoleon Hill talks about, you know, in his Think and Grow Rich book from the 1940s, which I think is when they coined the term or or it became popular anyway first, the mastermind concept, is there is a gap between the most successful people and everybody else. And you see this in everything. Like you see this in action sports. And Ravi and I have a, a background in action sports as well. I mean, there's the Tony Hawks of the world, and then there's everybody. There's a gap. You know, there's a few of those people at the very top, and then there's the crowd. And in cycling, you see it too. And, I mean, in car racing, you see it, where the, you know, the, the pack breaks away, those first – those best people, there's always that little gap. And the difference is that you're not alone, that you're around other people who are as committed and as good as you. And then that elevates this pack or this little group, and that's what, what creates the difference. That's how you get to that next level. And the mastermind concept is that. In and a see, nutshell, when I'm right? talking I mean, when with, right, right. When so I'm talking with people or hiring people for my team, I want people who are better mm -hmm. than I am. I don't want to be them to be oh, my equal. Of course. I want them to be better than I am at something. And that's, again, the opportunity, right? The mastermind is a group of people who are the best at what they do. So the idea is not for each of us to know the other's work or skill set. It's to bring what you have to the table and offer that different perspective and those different experiences and resources. Gotcha. Okay. Now I know, now we've talked about masterminds, which everybody, find one, you know, try one, find one, create one, do whatever you need to do because you can't do it on your own. I tried it. Darn near killed myself. I was exhausted. I was working around the clock. It was not unusual for me to wake up at 3 a.m., 3.18 a.m., race to my office, and I've done this. I raced to my office naked to, to get a, a domain name, and thank goodness the Lights were off because I have all windows in my house. But, you know, you, you have to do what you have to do. And when you're doing it all by yourself, oh, my God. And the only reason I was able to hang on to it is because, honestly, being an introvert, you don't want me in your office. You don't. I don't play well with others. I run with scissors. And if you want coffee, you can get it your own damn self. I need to be alone. And well, I knew that. So. And also, you're naked sometimes, so there's that. Yeah, there's that. And yeah, there's details, that. details, details. <laughs> well, it was important because I mean, I went skittering across the house like I had good sense. Went to GoDaddy, got it, went right back to bed. Cold. I was chilly. <laughs> but there, yeah. But but anyway, so let's talk. Let's switch a bit now. So, does everyone go through transition midway through their careers? Is it a crisis? Or, I mean, have we covered this a bit? I think we did, but let's expand on that and then go, I've got questions, guys. I've got more questions. Oh, cool. Uh, Ravi, do you want to take it or shall I? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe I'll, I'll, I'll set the table too. I think, as Perry said, you know, 
it, it's a it's a cycle that recurs again and again. So as, as he mentioned, Denise, sometimes it's you know averages of seven years, but depending on where you are and what you do, there can be many cycles that you, know, you go through. You know that that's, that follows a bit of this hero's journey. But but in, in what what I like to do is actually think of when a person is going through this transition to, to look at the other end. For me, that's the way that, that it really works to help pull them through or to think what that future could look like. You know, what's that grandest vision? What does the future look like that you want to work on, the process you want to get through with, the people you want to work with, those things that come through the door, as well as the things you want to do. So I kind of take it as an impetus to see what the future looks like and how you could get there. So how do you... Yes, it does. I'm going through a transition right now. Again, I've gone through several during my own, you know, self-made career. And I expect them, and I look forward to them. Some, this one actually has been <laughs> in the back of my brain for quite a while, and now I'm just saying, Denise, get off your butt and go do it. So there you have that. But here's the thing. Do, do you advise people to do vision boards or write it down? How do you get them... To basically, and I tell people when I'm building a website, walk through your own door. Walk through your own door. What do you, when you're walking into your own website, what do you see? What do you want to see? So is that how you tell people, listen, you can do this, but you have to go through some kind of a process to figure out what it is that you really want to have happen? I, I agree with you. I think um, very much that there is a, a process to this and and if if I may can I can I dive into that just a little bit of course so we've we've really put a lot of of energy into understanding how this works and why it is um, how transition works and 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 why it's so important and it, Ravi said a few, a few minutes ago, you know, it is a journey. It's a hero's journey. And there's a lot of amazing work that's been done around this that you can borrow on. And, you know, we've sort of synthesized from a lot of different places to, to break this down. Um, you know, Joseph Campbell's work is, is one of those fundamental, um, some of that fundamental knowledge in terms of what the hero journey's, hero's journey looks like and the different stages of it. But there's four really important quadrants or areas that make up a transition. Or sorry, make up this this cycle of development. And you can transition. Um, you can be when you're in transition. You could be any one of these four places. So I just want to quickly um, lay them out for you because the question you asked, Denise, what's the thing to do, depends on what section or what part of transition you're in. If that makes sense. So the traditional one, the one we usually think about and happens, and this is sort of that midlife crisis type of scenario, is when things aren't working. We're disillusioned. We're not really feeling comfortable. That discomfort becomes untenable. You know, something's not right, and we need to change something about our life that's major. Um, so in that stage, as Ravi was just talking about, one of the things that can be extremely useful is to envision what kind of a future you want so you know you spoke about that in terms of creating a website what experience do you really want for you in your life what kinds of experiences are not happening and therefore what kind of experience do you want and so if you can allow yourself to envision to step back and let go a little bit of the what feels like you know the barriers or what's holding you down right now and just imagine then you can start to get an idea of well, what if, you know, what if I lived on a boat? <laughs> what if I had a boat? What if I lived in a tropical island? And it's not necessarily about the island or the boat, but it's about what does that represent? What kind of freedom do you need? How much of it do you need? Those kinds of things. And then you can start to work backwards. So the four, you know, areas of this are very specific. One is defining yourself as an individual. We do this at the earliest age, right? We do this in our um, and we do this as, a, as babies when we become sort of self-aware, but we do it again in our early teens when we figure out where do I belong, who's my tribe, what kind of clothes do I need to wear to, to fit this. You're going to do this several times in your life. So you may have been that person wearing, you know, pantsuits or khakis and you do this and this is the way, this is the way you do things. Well, maybe it's time to re-examine that and, again, to allow yourself to think, what if I didn't do that? So part of it isn't defining yourself as an individual. 
part, the, the, another area of this is what is my professional or my societal identity? I'm a doctor, I'm a dentist, I'm a teacher. Whatever those things are, maybe, you know, I'm an artist. It's time to rethink that. You're not locked into this. You know, you're not your grandparents. You don't have to do the same job for the rest of your life. So quadrant one quadrant is defining yourself as an individual. Another is what is my professional, my societal identity. A third is what am I building? You know, as that, you know, in that identity, what am I doing with it? What am I building with it? What does my world or look like or my family look like? And then the fourth quadrant is what am I leaving behind? So you could be in one or more of these areas as you're thinking about transition, as you're going through transition. Sometimes we use the word mojo for this. I don't feel like I've got it. How do I get my mojo back? Well, the answer to that is you've got to go in and dig into this piece. Do I need to define myself as an individual again? Do I need to redefine that? Do I need to redefine what my professional or my societal identity is? Do I need to redefine or rethink about what I'm building right now? Have I thought about what I want to leave behind? Because if you haven't, then you can't do it <laughs> like consciously. If you aren't thinking in terms of I need to be ready to let go, leave something behind and let go, then you don't fully allow yourself to start again. So these are four areas that we talk about. And I know there's a lot here and there's so much more to unpack. But just, you know, as a concept, if it feels overwhelming to be like, oh, I don't have my mojo and I don't know where to start and I'm, I need to change something, but I don't know what. Think about these four areas. And allow yourself to at least dig in where it hurts the most so that you can give yourself that opportunity to rethink, revision, and say, what do I believe in right now? Maybe my old beliefs don't serve me anymore. Right. And honestly, with me, I found that once I'm just frustrated, and you know, Mm -hmm. you talk about me being an innovator, and I am. I'm also, I'm a creator. I'm a creative and I, mm-hmm. if I reach a point in my own career that whatever it is that I'm doing is not challenging me, oh my, I hate sure. that. Yeah. I hate yeah. it. So I need to go to something else that now I've got to learn new things. I have to master new things. And, you know, I will switch it up, which I'm doing right now. But once yeah. I lose That's my important. mojo, it means because I'm bored. I am not challenged. I've gotten so good at what I do. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't even, and my team can do it. I don't want to do it. Sure. See, board is one of those key um, markers, right? Board yes. means it's time to pay attention. And a lot of us get so caught up in whether it's tradition or commitment or otherwise, you know, well, we see it, we feel it, but we don't, you know, we don't really honor it. And then you get further and further down that path until the point where like it, Things get uncomfortable and then things get difficult. So the sooner and you catch it, the better. Irritating. When I find myself being irritated, it's like, okay, I gotta go now. Something's gotta yeah. change. And if you know, yeah, Denise, thing, and sometimes I mean, that that boredom could be the challenge, right? Sorry, Barry. Denise, right? That, that yeah. boredom sometimes, right, can be refocused into what's that challenge? You know, what's that thing that really gets me excited? And, and moving it from a something that's kind of ho-hum to shifting it the other direction. What's going to inspire me to want to make this innovation happen? Good point. And if you don't know what that is, or if you're not sure how to start, I mean, this is back to what we were talking about before. I mean, find somebody who will pull that string, someone who will call you out on it and go, look, I'm, I'm watching you. You're, you're clearly bored. You're not at your best potential. I actually have that going on right now with a very good friend of mine. Yeah, it's our own little mini mastermind. And I, you know, called Mm -hmm. her and said, look, I'm talking with these guys, explained who you were, what you do, and how I took your assessment, I guess it was. And Mm -hmm. I said, I'm bored out of my skull. I've got things that I have been wanting to do for the longest kind of time. I'm almost fearful that I've waited too long. And she called me right out on that, smacked me into the ground. Good for her. Good. <laughs> so now <laughs> we are, she's like, yeah. oh, really? <laughs> let's, let's chat about that. So we're meeting every Thursday. It's just a little mini mastermind, but basically what we're doing Brilliant. Brilliant. is saying, knock it off. If you're going to whine, I'm yeah. not your girl. This is what we're going to talk about. And God knows uh, I need uh, that right now. You know, one of the things that I, I find 
the most fun about our, our groups, our mastermind groups, is that thing. I mean, when we get together, people call each other out. We know each other so well. We know exactly what we're good at and why we're good at it because you know, we've all done that work individually before we got to the group, and then we share that with each other. And, I, I mean, Robbie, maybe explain the go teams. I mean, that, this is so much fun. Yeah, yeah. So, think, think, so, Denise, imagine you're in a curating mastermind group. You know everyone. You know their process, what motivates them their nuances professionally, and you also, in spending time with them, you've got a good understanding of how they operate personally as well. So as much as everyone's willing to share, but it's a pretty intimate group and you know each other well. So imagine that, and then you have a problem you'd like to solve. Maybe it's at work, it's at home, it's with the kids, whatever that is, and we put together, we call them the go teams or a mini advisory board to solve this problem. You, Denise, would say, hey, I'm having a problem with problem X, and we, from the network, bring the best people together to help you be your board advisors for that mini strategic session to come out of there with some action items. So we do that um, for our members and, and sometimes for our members when they have clients or, you know, as needed. But we get a lot of powerful, you can imagine, right, the powerful results that come out of that. Oh, I can imagine. And the thing is, you know, once you start, and I need to say this because I don't think a lot of people truly understand this. It has been my experience in the years that I've been doing what I do that other entrepreneurs are genuinely grateful when you ask them questions. Don't ask to pick their brain. Just don't do it. But most entrepreneurs are very generous. They're successful. They went through their ups, downs, maybe still are. Mm -hmm. But they want you to succeed as best as you can as they did. So I have only found one person in all the years that I've asked um, who, you know, said she would be here on the podcast and three times she canceled by the third time I was done. She's a very, very, very well-known person, but I don't like her as a person anymore. But for the most part, most entrepreneurs are going to say, sure, you know, I'm happy to give yeah. you a word of advice or, you know, maybe point you in another direction. I mean, don't go to them every five minutes, but ask questions. I think you'll be surprised how many people say, let me help you. I think you're right. I think that people are generous by nature for the most part. Yes. And if it's a genuine inquiry, and especially, I mean, in our environment, we've already vetted everybody, right? It's set up for that. So you never have to worry about whether it's okay to ask for help because that's the premise. <laughs> um, but to your point, yeah, reach out, ask for help. Too many people don't, and that's how you get into trouble. It's, that's exactly right, or they're afraid to. That way back in the day, somebody contacted me on Facebook, and she had a question, and she, she apologized. She said, I'm so sorry, I don't want to waste your time, but I have this question about this particular thing, and I know you're not going to ask me, but I just want you to know I'm a fan. I'm not crazy about the word fan. It's really a, a contraction of fan, fanatics, so I tend not mm -hmm. to pay too much attention to that <laughs> word. But she had left her, her phone number, and I picked up the phone, and I called her, and I heard, oh, my God, it's you. You called me. I was shocked. Mm -hmm. well, why wouldn't I call her? She asked me to. And that was, sure. God, 18, sure. 19 years ago. I'm still shocked by it. Well, you know, ego always plays a role, and I, I think that ego can be healthy. I mean, obviously, you have to keep it in check to a certain point, but, you know, as you have success and experience, you want to share that with the world. And if someone's genuinely interested, I want to I want to share what I know. Exactly. This is listen. This is why I do this podcast. I don't make money mm -hmm. out of this. I've never intended to make money out of this. This is how I meet people like you, and share your wisdom with a very large audience. It's a. It really makes me happy. I do this Mondays and Fridays. I'm happiest on cool. Mondays and Fridays. So. Ravi, I had a, a question for you, and I lost it. <laughs> it's here. I lost it. I swear. <laughs> okay, so I'm going – it'll come back. I, it's like I opened my refrigerator door, stuck my head, and it just went blank. <laughs> Sorry about it'll that. Come. Well, I'm gonna, it'll come. I'm going to – Dennis, yeah, I'll, I'll take us there. I'll, I'll take us to where your question was. I have a feeling – I've got a premonition of where it might be. How about that? Harry <laughs> <laughs> mentioned kind of the, the cycle of uh, – our process and our cycle, one of the things that really inspires me or gets my juices flowing is, you know, as a hero maker, 
is this thing we call your greatest achievement of your life or your moment of glory. This is something that um, when you're stuck as well, this can be that inspiration, right? Not just the, the guardrails of the North Star, but that inspiration to really sometimes get you out of that, you know, out of that funk. So we call it the moment of glory, and, and we work with our members on doing this. And it's, it's really simply, I like to call it the, the Al Bundy four touchdowns at Hokai, if you watch that TV show as a kid. What do you want to be known for? You know, what, what do you want your legacy to be? So we have these individual things called moment of glories, whether it's an individual climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, setting up um, a foundation, you know, singing on stage with your favorite band. Th- these are these individual moments that we really work with our members to deliver this, this thing that helps define them. And then secondarily to that, it, it's the moonshot. It's, you know, moment, these moments of glory can, can be different things. You can do one than another, but the moonshot is what do you really want to be known for? What will you do when you've achieved, achieved that thing? What's that legacy? So this is a, a lot of what we're seeing that really works well with our members and really inspiring for others. So that comes back to what you said, for, you know, sharing this knowledge whether it's mentorship, allyship, just sharing time with someone that asks. But these things all are all intertwined, you know, in my opinion. I yeah, I want to pick up on that. Cause Go ahead, Terry. So, so good. Because, um, Robbie, I like what you were just saying. This provides so much inspiration. And often, you know, as you said, Robbie, this if you're stuck, this is one of the ways to get your mojo back is to step back and go, wait a second, what do I want to leave behind? You know, what do I want my life to be about? Or what do I want to achieve? And that, you know, the moment of glory. So whether we're talking moonshot, like, you know, what are you going to leave behind? Or we're talking moment of glory. What's that thing that you have to have done in your life? So, you know, that you just can't imagine not having done. Um, it's, It's incredibly inspiring. And then you have all of this support behind you to help make it happen. Plus, you know, each other's resources and connections and, and experience. Um, so I just wanted to sort of tie that together a little more on an ongoing basis. You know, whatever you have today, the group helps you with, but we also go to that next level and talk about these big, these bigger things and these more exciting things. And it provides a lot of inspiration and a lot of energy. I have to ask, more, a moment of glory. I don't have one. I seriously don't. Where do well, you start? Then you, should, well, you start with your dreams and you start with you know, a group of people who are committed to the process to say to you, to push you. And challenge you a little bit and say, Denise, I don't believe that you don't have a moment of glory because I know you do. Because at one point in your life and probably a whole bunch of points in your life, you saw yourself achieving something, whatever that was. And so we will dig in and we'll dig in and have that conversation with you. I mean, maybe it's when you were a little girl. Maybe it's, you know, some midpoint in your life where you were like, wait a second, that could be me. You saw somebody. I mean, I'll I'll tell you. Let me, let me share this with you. I grew up in Toronto, which is a wonderful town with lots of resources and, you know, you know definitely, you know, uh, privileged in terms of, of having access to things and ideas and different cultures. And, uh, but my dream since I was six years old was to surf. And you cannot do that in Toronto. <laughs> uh, there's, it's not an option. Yeah, I know. Great Lakes, but – and – on my eighth birthday, father brought home a, a, a movie from the library. We, this was a projector. This was before videotapes. And he played it for me. It was called The Magic Rolling Board. And it was a bunch of little short um, vignettes about skateboarding and surfing. And I cried. And I cried because that was the dream that I had for myself at eight years old. And I'd never seen it before. I'd seen some pictures in the magazine. But when I saw it, moving pictures, you know, projected onto the screen in my living room and I saw people surfing, I knew that that was what I needed in my life. Now, it took me years, but when I was 16, I got to surf for the first time on a family vacation. And at 21 years old, I moved to San Diego, California and surfed every day. I've been living in Costa Rica for the last seven years, surfing, like, you know, I created a life for myself around that dream, but I knew at eight. And I'll give you another example. And I, I this is going to sound cheesy, and I, you know, I apologize for that. But um, to this day, when I see my favorite musician perform, I get tears in my eyes because I want to be that. 
I want that experience in my life. So these things are there, and they're sometimes under some layers, but you know, it might catch you off guard. But you start crying at a commercial. There's a reason <laughs> for it. And you might be sensitive that day, but that's a sign. That's important, you know. And so whether it's, you know, I want to go to space and I want to be one of the first, you know, commercial passengers on a spacecraft or it's I want to be a performer or, you know, I need to go meditate in a cave, you know, somewhere in the Himalayas or whatever this thing is, it's there. And it's just a matter of digging in a little bit deeper and allowing yourself to have that conversation with somebody. And this is what we're, you know, very much committed to making sure that the right person is with you to have that conversation and pull that out and examine it and challenge it a little bit. And then, as Ravi was saying, start to shape it and turn that into your moment of glory. Make it happen. You know, listening to this, I'm realizing that I did have a moment of glory. It was when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I sang. I had a wonderful, wonderful soprano voice. And I can say that without any humility at all I knew I was good and I always wanted to be an opera singer it just wasn't going to happen for starters couldn't afford to go to Juilliard which is where I wanted to go mm-hmm. and I'm an introvert I have zero right. desire to be on a stage put me in front of a microphone and let me sing I'd be all happy but you don't need to see me so that you know was a killer right there that was my okay. last my last big dream I think well there it is well, okay, this is the power of the mastermind. And it happens that in this case, it's one degree. But the reason we have this global network of incredibly high achieving individuals with experience and connections is this. I am personal friends with two world famous opera singers. No. I kid you not. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to, to make the point. You want to make that happen? We know who to do it with. And if I don't know, Ravi knows. And if Ravi doesn't know, one of our other members know. We're one degree away from what you need. That's the gotcha. power of the mastermind. Oh, it's and way higher than it is. Go ahead, Ravi. Yeah, and even, even specifically, yeah, say it's not, say, say it's just being specific. If, if, so say you do have a very connect to you in this MOG with one or two of those uh, opera singers to have a conversation, uh, learn more say you decide that's not exactly what you wanted to do because you said you are too much of an introvert, but we also can, can pivot that and say, well, I, Denise, would like to sing and be on a soundtrack or be an opening score of a movie or a play or a film where you can oh, do it in your environment. We, we, we together could figure that out, curate it, and get you that spot. That's the kind of thing. That's what we do. Interesting. Right? right. And that would never occur to me. And all of a sudden, it speaking of voices, all of a sudden I'm getting a lot of invitations to start doing audiobooks, which I don't want to do, obviously, but it's interesting. You know, the voice thing is coming up again and again. I have no idea why. This is why. This oh. is exactly the point. You need to do something about it with your voice. You have a very distinct voice. It's beautiful, but it has a lot of distinct characteristics to it. And, you know, as you said earlier, you know, don't, don't have any reservation about saying that you were good. You, you have a gift. Now, whether you've exercised it or not is, is you know, moot. It can be exercised yeah. again, right? So there's something there. You know you have it. And the universe is coming to you in different ways and saying, hey, do something with your voice. Look, I'm interested. Hey, tell me more about it. And whether that's, you know, maybe you do get to do some private lessons with a, an opera singer or maybe you do get to – um, be in a soundtrack or I mean any of those things can happen it could happen 10 20 100 different ways the point is we pull this thing out you know and I mean, here in real time we're having a conversation where this idea is already starting to present itself and let's let's brainstorm around this how many different ways could this happen and then whichever one resonates with you you know off you go you need help we'll find it for you Fascinating. I mean, it just never occurred. I just gave it up a long time ago, but I do love to, you know, listen to Maria Callas and a lot of the great sopranos. Just mm-hmm. love their music. Interesting. Okay, so I'm not going to interrupt anymore because now I'm just telling the world way too much about my own business. And I'm an introvert. <laughs> Let's not forget that. So, Ravi or Perry, whoever wants to go next, 
what else do you want the audience to know? Because we've got about 10 minutes and I want to get as much out of you as I can before we have to say goodbye. Ravi, you want to start? Yeah, I think so. We've talked about, most importantly for us, where the opportunity is, where we see opportunity for individuals to really be their best selves. And we've got a blueprint, we like to say, with, with our group. So if that's interesting, please check out, you know, the moonshotcollective.com uh, and take a look at how we kind of go through the world and, and curate masterminds, set up go teams, help folks with their moments of glory and their moonshots, and, you know, all, all in that vision of, of what that future looks like for you. So if that's interesting, please reach out to us. But even if not, just with today's conversation, know that there's people out there that you can – you can work with, or you can rely on, you can ask to get you out of, um, you know, any ruts you might be in and uh, look, look for the inspiration. Like inspiration can also be a way of getting you out there. So those are just a couple kind of on the back of the napkin things I'd like to bring up to, to keep top of mind. And when you say ruts, I identify ruts as fearful. If you're in a rut, it's because you're afraid of one or 10 more things and you just don't want to break out of that rut because, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? I think that's a good point, Denise. And um, again, this is where asking for help is so important, but sometimes it feels like it's too hard or impossible to. So, you know, what I would want to, to say about this sort of as a, as a key leave behind is find a way to ask for help, whether it's that person like, you know, showed up for you, Denise, that one person who had had the guts to call you out and go, wait a second, you're better than that. And I know that and engage in that conversation. Um, number one, ask for help. Number two, know that you get to have your best life. We have that opportunity in front of us. I don't think there's anyone listening to this call that doesn't. And yes, you may have all sorts of mitigating circumstances or commitments or things that are challenging you, but we are extremely uh, privileged in our culture and our society, and that gives us a chance to do things that a lot of other people don't. So believe in yourself and believe that that opportunity is there. And it's just a matter of reframing and shifting things around and asking for help to make it happen. And whatever that is, you know, whatever mode that is, whatever the right version of that is for you, the mastermind group is so powerful because it brings together other people who are committed to that process for themselves and therefore to each other. And so, you know, Robbie said this earlier, find, and you did too, Denise, find a place to do that whether it's with us at a high level or, you know, you create your own or you just start the conversation with people that you feel that you can trust who want to do the best for themselves and therefore for you, right? You've got to put your mask on first, right? We all know that. And when the masks come down from the ceiling, you put yours on before you help others. It's okay to look out for yourself and look after yourself, but why not do it with someone else who's committed to the same process? I think it's mandatory to look out for yourself first and women, in particular, seem to be running around putting out everybody else's fires and then Mm -hmm. worrying about their mental health, their physical health. We get exhausted. We really do. That's not okay. No, it's not okay. And I think we're finally figuring that out. But somebody just sent me a note. You know, one of the problems that I have, I'm reading this kind of as I, I scan here, one of the problems that I have is that my family and friends don't understand what I do. I would say they're not your audience. What do you guys say? 100%. 100% agree with you. Reach out. Reach out to other people who are doing what they believe they have to do. That that has to be the case. Your friends and family, let me explain it to you. I know we don't have a lot of time, but your friends and family. We have six minutes. Take your time. Okay. They have filters installed, and the filters are put there by us. And we don't realize this, but we spend our whole lives conditioning other people to see us in the way that we want them to see us. And I say it this way on purpose because I think it's really, really important that we take responsibility for it. It's too easy to blame everybody else. Oh, you don't see me for who I am. No, 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 no. We play a role in that. That may be part of it, but we play a role in that. And we're not always honest with ourselves about it. Every relationship is a mirror and we're seeing back stuff from those people and if you don't like what you're seeing back if you don't like the reflection or the response you're getting it's important for you to take some responsibility because you're projecting something for them to respond to 
So yes, there's people that aren't nice and there's, there's, yes, they're part of it, but we are the first. And this is part of putting on your own mask first. You need to allow that, accept that, take some responsibility. And this is why friends and family are difficult for advice because they're used to seeing you in a particular way. So it's, I mean, I'm sure you've had this experience. I know it's happened to me a lot is you go and you know, sit on a plane and you start this really intimate conversation with the person you don't even know. That's because it's safe because there's no filters. <laughs> That's because you're not going to get back the thing that you know, you're always going to get back. You actually have yeah, an they, opportunity to get a fresh, get a fresh point, of view. point of view. Right. And they didn't see you fall off your bike eight times a week. So yeah, there's yeah. that. Right, right. They, they, they don't remember you at that certain place in time, whether, like you said, you're a kid, you're in college, your first job, whatever that timing is, they don't have that bias. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I will tell people all the time, and, oh, the question, another question just came in, said, well, the problem that I have, and I'm listening to you, and she says to tell you guys thank you, it's been You've given her a lot to think about. But she says, the problem that I have is I work with my family business. Now what? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay, guys, take it. Ma- mastermind. Family businesses <laughs> are exactly that scenario. You need to have a set of peers that are outside of that circle. Critical. Absolutely. And however you get it, it's an advisory board, a mastermind, a grouping, but getting fresh opinions that are outside that bias circle, 100%. I agree with you. I can't even imagine working with family. It's not going to happen ever, 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 ever. ever. <laughs> I love my family. I do. But, and I have to say, I'm really lucky. When I first said, look, I'm going to be a web developer, I'm going back to college, not one of them said, are you out of your mind? They didn't understand it. <laughs> But they were supportive. Yeah. And then when I started podcasting, again, didn't understand it, didn't even know what a podcast was, but very supportive. So in that scenario, I've been really blessed. That's so lucky. But, you know, there's opportunity on the other side of it too, right? Like I, I don't know the, the person who, who wrote in, but being in a family business can be extremely powerful in that here's a group of people that are committed. Right. True. When we were talking before about what's the dream and their vision, not everyone shares. I mean, it can be different within the family, but at least generally speaking, the commitment's there. So you do have that. That's an asset. But the filter thing, right? They, they know you how they know you. And so they're not necessarily going to see your greatest potential all the time. So that's why, as Robbie says, an advisory board, mastermind group, another place where you can bounce ideas off without fear of someone's reaction or how they're going to respond. Excellent. Um, she says thank you. <laughs> She's very, very appreciative. <laughs> okay, so we've got about two minutes left. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience? I'd like to say thank you. Hey, um, yeah. yeah, thank you. I, I'd like yeah. to maybe throw one last thing out there. You know, we've been talking about our legacy and our moonshot. And the visual that I like to use, Denise, for, for all of us to think about is, you know, there used to be a show, this is your life, right, in the olden times, <laughs> this is your life. But when, when it's all said and done, what do you want that highlight reel to look like? And that's often a visualization tool we use um, with, our, with our folks and our clients to really start to think about what do you want to be known for. Good question. Yeah. I honestly don't know. I wish I knew. I'm going to have to go dig into that. Please do, you know, and be honest with yourself and allow yourself to express it, even if it's, you know, just you alone in a room that, hey, you know what, that little girl in me still wants this thing or still wants to have that kind of experience. It's so important that we honor these, these parts of ourselves and it can be, in, you know, expressed in all sorts of different ways. Denise, thank Very you for this opportunity so. to share. It's been so great. I am so appreciative. Really enjoyed you guys. it. Thank you. I, it's been wonderful speaking with you guys, and I'm so glad that we got past the, the roadblocks that we experienced, and there was a reason for that. So before I let you go, where can people find you? Find us at themoonshotcollective.com, T-H-E, moonshotcollective.com. Um, and from there... Uh, my name is Perry Gladstone, P-E-R-R-Y, Gladstone, and Ravi Rajkumar 
R-A-J-C-O-O-M-A-R. And you can look us up. We're out there. We're not too hard to find, but we'd love to hear from you. If you're like-minded and you want to achieve your greatest potential, we're always up for that conversation. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes, Prime, Amazon Prime, Audible. We are everywhere, just wherever you consume your business podcasts. Just look for your partner in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Ravi, Perry, thank you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 